0: Ah, uh, you've landed on the Unbridled Enthusiasm Live Podcast with your host, Mark Kulos. What do you say we get into some weird stuff? Friendships and Tears! Hello, people, and welcome back to another. Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. It's good to be back. Uh, this week, I thought I'd, uh, cover a funny story about, uh, me and my brother. Uh, my brother passed away about a year and a half ago, and it was really tough for all of us involved. But, uh, when he was around and, uh, and we were taking trips. Uh, there was nothing like it. Because uh, it never went smoothly. That's for sure. So I uh, I had gotten booked to do... Uh, I think it was like maybe three gigs on the road. And they were kind of sparsed out. There was like one in... Uh, uh, couple in Wyoming, and then uh, like one in Idaho, and then Montana, and they were kind of separated between weeks, so we decided to come up with this idea that uh, he would come with me, I would do the two gigs, and then uh, we'd go to Vegas for a couple days, and then after Vegas we would uh, come home, so that that was the plan. So we, uh, we were going to leave, um, in the morning and then, uh, you know, we just for whatever reason got a wild hair up our ass to, uh, to leave the night before we were just kind of like all packed and ready to go. And we were just all sitting around and, you know, he was kind of chomping at the bit to just get out on the road and enjoy life and uh so he just looked at me and he's like why don't we just leave right now and drive through the night you know you can sleep then I can sleep and at the time we were both like really big into gambling um that was basically the whole idea of the trip was that we were going to drive and we were going to hit all these little casinos on the way and uh you know play some slot machines. Mostly the, uh, the trip was for, uh, Texas Hold'em. Cause at the time, uh, Texas Hold'em was really big, uh, with the World Series of Poker and the Poker Stars and all the internet stuff. So, uh, he was huge into, to poker. He actually worked as a poker dealer at the racetrack down in Shakopee and I was interested in it. I probably wasn't into it as much as he was, but uh I found it very interesting that there was like kind of a uh a gambling where if you applied yourself and learned, you could actually get better at that type of gambling, which was interesting to me. So I kind of always wanted to be good at poker and I never really was. I just uh I didn't have the patience for it. It takes so much patience to just sit there and wait for the right cards but uh um so usually what I would do is I would get into the tournament with my brother and I would blow all my chips out in like the first five minutes just so I could go go around by myself and blow hundreds of dollars in penny slot machines next to gray-haired old ladies who like to talk about their kids and dress up their dogs but So we decided to leave the night before, you know, and uh, it was like a a late spring, early summer trip. So, you know, it's like no real worries on much weather there, we thought. So then uh, we got in the car and we started heading south towards uh, Iowa uh, because we were going to go down and hit uh, Diamond Joe Casino. In uh, Northwood, Iowa, because then we would have to go west on uh, ninety towards uh, South Dakota, because we were heading to Wyoming. So we got in the car, we started driving. We weren't on the road for more than like fifty minutes, and like a torrential, a torrential downpour started. And uh, I just looked at him, and I was like, "Man, this is a this isn't a good start to our uh, to our trip here." So it's about, I'd say, a 90-minute drive from our house at the time to Diamond Joe's in Northwood, Iowa. And uh it took us three hours to get down there. So we got there, it was like 2 in the morning or something like that, and we just kind of putzed around on the penny slot machines and whatever and just waited for the, the storm to pass. And then we got back in the car and... uh just started driving, and uh, so he took the first shift, and then uh, I took the second shift, and uh, our next stop was around uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, which, if you don't know, is kind of like famous for Old West, it was like, you know, like a bar town with a lot of gaming, and it's still legal to gamble in Deadwood, so they got a lot of casinos there. I think Kevin Costner has a casino there, which is kind of strange. So we got there early in the morning and uh, just kind of checked out the town and whatever and uh, we were just fooling around in some casino and I ended up losing like $300 on a penny slot machine and I had only allotted myself probably like 500 bucks for the whole trip and my brother just shaking his head at me. He's like, God man, you just have no, you know, no restraint on yourself and it's true, man. I mean, uh, quitting gambling, I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but quitting gambling was probably one of the toughest things that, uh, that I've ever had to do in my life up till now, um, I'm recently kind of taking better care of my health and stuff, and it is almost as tough cutting out the sweets and, uh, and salty foods and stuff, but, uh, that gambling really had a hold on me, so it was just, like, I felt so, so sorry for my brother because he's basically traveling with, like, a loose cannon, so it was just, like, um, so then I was just pissed, and I was, like, let's just get the fuck out of here, and he's, like, all right, so, uh, I think from Deadwood, South Dakota, we were headed to, uh, Sheridan, Wyoming, and it was only a short drive from there to, uh, to that gig, so we just figured, you know, like, hey, we'll get to town, and maybe they'll let us into the hotel a little early, you know, we'll catch a shower, you know, because uh, I felt so sorry for my brother, because I would tell him all these stories about me going on the road and doing this comedy, and you know these certain places they'd really set you up, you know they put you up at the Radisson or the Hampton or the Hilton Garden Inn and just beautiful hotels with like a full continental breakfast and just just great stuff and uh so I would brag about all that, so the first gig that he i think this was he might have come to a couple other ones within Minnesota but I think this was the first time that he went on the road with me to like a road comedy gig and uh um so we get like an agenda in the email and it tells you like where you're going who to contact what your hotel is going to be if there's a radio interview that you need to do kind of all the information for for your thing and uh my sheet didn't have the hotel on it it just said when you get to town, talk to the venue, and they'll tell you where you're staying. And that, in the comedy business, is never a good sign. (laughs) If you have to go talk to the people, that usually means that there's a really long explanation that's going to be coming as to why you're staying in some old lady's basement, is pretty much what, what it comes down to. So we got there, and it ended up being a hotel, but they wanted to explain to us why it was the shittiest hotel in town. That because the week that I was working there, there was some something happening. There's always something happening wherever I go to perform comedy. Oh, we're really sorry that there's only nine people at the show. Tonight is the, uh, the Fripp Jack uh, Magic Kits uh, conference. So that's a real big thing around here. So um, hotel rooms were like. 200 bucks a night because of this really busy thing. So we were staying down the road at the manor and it does sound as bad as, uh, as the name. So we, uh, we pull up to this place and it just looks, (sighs) I just, I just remember looking at my brother's face. He's like, I, he goes, I'm not staying here. So he goes, uh, I'm going to try to find another hotel in town. And I'd appreciate it if you would come with me and pay half of it and I felt so bad I was like whatever you need to do I'm I'm there 100%. So we go in the room and it smells like a, a dead like a homeless man jerked off a dead guy in the closet and there was like a blood smear on the wall and uh the bathroom looked like uh it just was horrible and so we got into the hotel probably like one o'clock in the afternoon, and the show was at eight that night, and I swear from 1 p.m. until about six thirty, my brother was on the phone constantly trying to find a reasonable room, uh, because this kind of, this predates, like, the smartphone, you know, as where you, like, just pull out your phone and just kind of do a quick search of like the deals in the area and we brought our computers with but I mean this place was a horrible hotel they didn't have wi-fi or anything like that so he's calling all the hotels in town trying to see if uh, any of them had a room for cheap and they were all like 200 bucks a night and it was just kind of funny to me that uh, even though the hotel was disgusting like he just wouldn't pull the trigger on paying a hundred bucks or 200 bucks for a hotel room. So, uh, I just, I, we left and went to the show and the show was pretty good. And we got back to the hotel and he, he just looks at me and he's like, he's like, why don't we just start driving to the next gig? And, And I was exhausted. I was just like, man, I go, let's just, let's just take like a three or four hour nap. And then, uh, and then we'll move on to the next gig and he's like I am not going in there and I said I I don't know what to say man I go I can't sleep in the car I need to sleep in a bed for at least like 3 3 hours I'm like just give me 3 hours and he was pissed off he's like fine I'll just fucking sleep in the car and I was like all right whatever so I went in the room and I like pulled the hoodie over my head and and tied it up, and just kept my shoes and everything on, and just kind of laid on the comforter, and, uh, before I knew it, it was, like, maybe, like, five in the morning, and we got back to the hotel, probably, like, 11, so I got up, and, uh, I put one of the towels on the bathtub, and, uh, took a quick whore's bath, and you know, it was kind of rinsed off the hot spots, and, uh, came out, and, uh, my brother was just passed out in the uh, driver's seat of the car, and I just tapped tapped on the window, and he just woke straight up, put a seat straight up, started the car, turned the heat on like he was set to go, and uh, put my stuff in the car, and he starts driving. And he's like, "Man, I had one hell of a night last night." and I was like, "Oh yeah, what happened?" And he goes, "Well, uh, he goes at about one in the morning, I had to take a shit." and, uh, you had locked the door, and, uh, I was like, oh, shit, man, I go, it's just a habit, I'm so sorry, and he's like, yeah, I pounded on the door for a bit, but she didn't wake up, so I just said, fuck it, and I went across the street to the gas station and took a shit and came back, and I fell asleep, and at about, like, three in the morning, I hear tapping on my window, and I look up, and it's a police officer with a flashlight in my face, And I lower the window down, and I'm like, what? And he's like, sir, you can't sleep in your car. And he's like, (laughs) he goes, "Uh, I have a room at this hotel, and I can't afford anything else. It's absolutely disgusting in there. It looks like a dead man, like, decayed in that hotel room. I'm not staying in there, so I'm sleeping in my car. You have a problem with that? And the police officer's like, well, I guess not. So he probably knew how bad the hotel was because he lives there. So then he said, "Uh he woke up again at like four or five in the morning, and he just felt disgusting, so he went to Walmart and he bought a pack of uh like wet wipes, and then just was like in the bathroom with his pants down and everything, just like wiping himself down with wet wipes at like four thirty in the morning." And, uh, I just couldn't stop laughing, just the visual of him in the fucking Walmart bathroom, like washing up with wet naps. I mean, come on, it's just ridiculous so then, uh, we head off to the next gig, which actually ended up being pretty nice, like it was uh a really nice hotel. I felt better about he took like nine showers while we were there uh the gig was fun, the people were really nice. Uh, they gave us both free dinner and stuff So then the next day we, was when we were going to drive to to Vegas So we got back to the hotel And, you know, at the time we were just both so huge into gambling We were just all fucking wired up And uh, he just looks at me and I look at him And I'm like, we're going to Vegas right now, aren't we? And he's like, fucking right we are So we just packed up all our shit and threw it in the car and just started driving. And he said, "Uh, you know, I feel kind of wired, so uh, I'll take the first chunk if you want to sleep in the car. So I was like, okay. So I fell asleep in the car. I think I was asleep for like three or four hours. And I woke up. (laughs) I just just wasn't ready for what I saw. I woke up and he's driving the car and his eyes are just wide open. And he's just like, hey, man, how's it going? Good morning. What's going on? I was like what is wrong with you and he's like oh about an hour ago i got so tired i almost drove us off the side of the road so i had to take some of that uh that trucker speed and a red bull and i'm just fired up tall tits we're flying here and i was like settle down okay like i go why don't you pull over and uh stretch your legs and and i'll take over and he's like ah, that's probably a good idea because i haven't blinked in like four hours and i'm like all right So we pull into the gas station and kind of shake everything off and get a little something to eat and whatever and get back in the car. And I pull us out of the parking lot and I go, what the hell is that noise? And uh, he was like, oh, I don't know. And it sounded like one of the tires were flat. So I was like, fucking great. So we pull back into the gas station and one of the tires is flat. And I'm like, oh, fuck it, eh? So we got to get all the shit out of the trunk and change the fucking tire at the side of this highway gas station. We get the tire on and then we, uh, we were like in the middle of nowhere. So like the next major town that, uh, would even have any kind of a place that would have tires was, uh, I'd say probably 120 miles from there. So we read the instructions on the donut tire and it says that you're not supposed to go over 50 miles an hour and you're not supposed to ride on it for more than 60 miles or something like that. So we both were like, well, I guess we're going to put that to the fucking test. So for like 120 miles, we were going like 80 on this fucking donut just flying along. And uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming was where the next big city. So we got there and they had a Walmart, so... uh uh, we got to town at like 7 in the morning, and that Walmart tire section didn't open till 8, but we were like first in line, and, uh, you know, the rest of my tires were kind of fucked up, so I just pulled the trigger and got a set of four tires. It was on a Chevy Aveo, so they were small tires, so it was like 180 bucks or something like that, so I was like, whatever. So we got fixed up and uh, made the the last push into, uh, into Vegas, and, uh, my brother really wanted to stay on the Strip, and, uh, I was just like, we should stay downtown, because the hotels are cheaper down there, but he really wanted to stay downtown, or on the Strip, so the best we could come up with was that, uh, Stratosphere Hotel, they had really cheap rooms, and, uh, we found out why when we got there. They were just disgusting. It was just like, my God, man, people are animals. You don't even clean them that well. It's just ridiculous. And uh, so it was just so funny. I feel so f- sorry for my brother on that trip because uh, it was just such a numbnut when it came to... Because uh, the system that we came up with was this really intricate like co-gambling thing that we would do where if we were going around playing slot machines together um like i would put 20 bucks into a slot machine and then we would take turns playing the slot machine and then when that 20 was done then he would put 20 bucks in a machine and we would both kind of take turns playing on it and that's the way that we would do things and then we decided that if we were both going to play in a poker tournament, um, we would both buy into the poker tournament, and then if one of us ended up making the money, then whatever those winnings were, we would split it between each other or whatever. So, um, there was one time where I woke up and I wanted to play the morning poker tournament, and I asked him if he wanted half my action And uh, he claims he said no, but I'm pretty sure he said yes. But I went down there and bought into the poker tournament, and I lost all my chips in like five minutes, so I came back upstairs, and I said, uh, well, I lost, so give me $15. And he's like, no, that's not how that works. He's like, it just means that if I play one of those tournaments and I ended up making the money, then I'll split it with you. And we always just fought over like the stupidest shit. So we went around Vegas and played a bunch of stuff and whatever. I think we both ended up losing, but the, uh, and it's just like, I'm such a shit, man. It was like the last day that we were in Vegas, we went to this one casino and they had these slot machines that were, uh, they were like these new surround sound slot machines for Top Gun. And if you got the bonus, you actually, uh, were like flying the plane and shit. It was actually a pretty cool slot machine, but anyways... So we're, uh, we're playing the slot machine and, uh, we're both sitting next to each other and we both put $20 in each slot machine and we didn't really make any mention of us splitting the money, but I knew we were splitting the money. I was just trying to be a fucking douchebag. So, um, I ended up hitting a huge bonus and winning like 80 bucks and I just made some kind of comment like, uh, well, that'll help, you know? and he got all pissed off, and then we fucking fought, like, the rest of the night, and then the next day, when we were heading off to my next gig in, uh, Idaho, like, we didn't say a fucking word in the car for, like, five hours, it was just ridiculous, we finally made amends, as we always did, but, uh, it was just awkward in the car for so long, and so we get to, uh, Idaho, that show goes well, the hotel was fine And then we ended up in Malta, Montana for my last gig on the trip uh, Before we started making our trek home And uh, so we did the show And we were just hanging out in the hotel And he was like, you know, if we leave tonight We could probably make it to uh, to Malax For their, whatever it was, Sunday night poker tournament and it sounded like a good idea, so I was like, "Yeah, let's do this." So, uh, here's a small tip for you: if you're ever, if you're a traveler, if you travel a lot, don't ever drive through Montana in the spring at two in the morning, because you will hit every deer. It's just ridiculous. They were everywhere we missed hitting about six of them and then uh we were driving along and my brother points out this one deer just standing on the side of the road and he goes keep your eye on that guy Uh, and he sure as shit he just started running straight at the car and my brother turned the car at the last minute and all i remember was sitting in the passenger seat and i just look as this deer is barreling straight towards my door and I was like, holy fuck, this guy's going to blow the side window out of my car. So my brother screeched the wheel in such a way that as it was running towards the car, he kind of cranked the car sideways and fucking nailed this deer in the side of the head with the side mirror. So basically what happened was it shot his head backwards and he started to spin. So his ass hit my door And then his face hit the back fender, and then he just kind of rolled off the rest of the car into the fucking road. And uh, then he, like, straightened the car out and then missed, like, two more deer and then just fucking took off. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? So we got about uh, an hour down the road, and we met back up with uh, Interstate 90 and there was like a 24-hour gas station place down there, so we decided to pull off and just kind of assess the damage, you know, because I was like, there's got to be a shit ton of damage because the, uh, the side mirror just shattered. It was everywhere. The fact that my side window didn't shatter was still amazing to me, and none of the airbags went off, which made me a little nervous. So we get out, and we kind of take a stroll around the car and pretty much all that was broken was the side mirror. There was, like, a dent in my door and, like, some scratches on the back bumper, but the only major damage was that uh, that side mirror. So we just kind of stood there and both took, like, deep breaths, like, holy shit. Like, we went through, like, the craziest thing ever, man. And, you know, we're just laughing about it, and we get in the car. My brother takes over the wheel again, and he just looks at me, and he's like, man... He goes, that was a close one, and then uh, we end up just hitting something. We have no idea what we hit. He's backing up, and we hit something so hard that like we both like spring forward and back to the point that he was wearing a baseball cap and it got all fucking cockeyed on the top of his head, and he just looks at me and he's like, "What the fuck did I hit now?" And we get out of the car and there was like this little like cement block. Where it looked like they were about to erect a a light post, so it was just this cement block that kind of blended in with the like the road, and it had like these four metal skewers that were coming out of the top of it, where I'm assuming like the light post goes down on. so he ran into like that fucking the the metal post things, and they actually went into my bumper, so when he pulled away there was these two giant holes in my bumper, and he was like, oh my god, dude, I'm so sorry. And he was so apologetic, because he started thinking back to like all the shit that happened to my car on that trip. He was driving, you know? The fucking flat tire, the deer, the pole. Um, There was something else that happened, too, uh, that I can't remember, but he just was always fucking up my car, And, uh, and what's funny is, so we get home and, uh, time goes by and he ends up buying that car from me that, that, uh, the window broke and the bumper and everything were broken on it. He ended up buying that from me cause I ended up going, I ended up going and buying, uh, a Honda Accord which I was really excited about because I, most of my cars before that were like, uh, you know, maybe six, seven, eight thousand dollar cars. You know, nothing amazing. And this was the first car that I was like, I'm gonna spend a little extra money, so I have a really nice car to drive the road with. So I got a Honda Accord, uh, and it was like beautiful, low miles really comfortable and I was pretty excited about it. So I buy the car and I drive it over to uh my mom and dad's place to show it to them and it was Sunday dinner so my sister and my nephew and my brother were over there and uh he always kinda really helped out around my parents' house doing like the yard work and stuff. So when I pulled up, uh he was on the roof um cleaning out the gutters, you know, and he waved down and said what a cool car whatever and I made some kind of joke like you ain't driving this one and he's like ah go fuck yourself you know so I go inside and uh I'm in talking to my mom and dad and I'm not in there for more than like five minutes and he comes rushing in through the front door and uh just has this look of horror on his face <laughs> and I go what and he goes dude I am so sorry and I go what uh he was cleaning out the gutters with the leaf blower on the roof so he was kind of blowing the leaves out of the gutters after like three or four days of like dry days he was blowing the leaves out and uh he lost a grip on the uh the leaf blower and dropped it on my car he comes in and he goes i have no idea how the windshield didn't shatter he goes i that thing hit your hood so hard that it just reverberated all through your car. And he's like, uh, he goes, So I'm sorry, but there's two huge dents in your hood now. He goes, But hey, you know, luckily it didn't hit your windshield. And I was like, That would have been fucking better. I have glass insurance, I don't have hood insurance, okay? We still, we laughed about that for, you know, a long time after that. And I actually still have that car that I have, and it's, you know, it's kind of a nice little reminder every time I get into my car, because it's on the driver's side, that when I open the door and I look forward, I just see those two, uh, those two dents on my, uh, on my hood from the leaf blower, and it just, uh, every day it makes me smile, man, so, and, to dedicate this podcast to, uh, my brother Tommy, miss him every day, and, uh, if you want to hear any more of my stuff, remember you can check me out largedrunkman.com, Twitter, Facebook, um, Stuff's on Pandora, SoundCloud, uh, Rooftop Comedy, uh, my website now does have a link straight to the podcast, so if you just go to largedrunkman.com, you can hit the link and it'll take you straight to the podcast with all the new episodes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it, so, uh... Thanks again for tuning in to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. And uh, tune in next week when we'll talk about who knows.